Patrice Radio is here to spice your world and flavor your airwaves with quality content always. You can access them via our YouTube handle at Patrice Radio Live. Do well to subscribe, like, and comment. Enjoy. Thinking of where to go to? Be on board with Patrice Radio. Good evening and welcome to Answers with Dr. Reju, where critical life issues are clarified. My name is Joan and I'm in the studio with Lois. Welcome to the studio. Good afternoon. And of course, Dr. Reju, the Chief Resource Person of the Center for Transformational Leadership, CTL Joss. You're welcome to the studio, sir. Thank you, Joan. Hi, Lois. Good to see you guys. Good to see you too. Today, we're going to be looking at um, a write-up Dr. Reggie had on um, Facebook. But uh, we're going to be asking you questions from what you've said. Okay. So my first question would be, do you agree with um, John's thoughts that the world is still waiting for the fulfillment of the MLK dream? That is the Martin Luther King dream. I was almost prompted to put the question back at you. Have you ever heard of the the speech yes, I have a dream yeah. have you read it before I, I've watched the video okay the whole gist of that um, speech is about you know it's about equality he said he had a you know the dream is that one day you know his um, his society will no longer judge him by you know the color of his skin but by the strength of his character mm-hmm. you know and um, that one day um this issue of segregation and all those kind of things will no longer be. Now, where I where I um, really agree with John Stott in that in that um, you know maybe in that write up is that a lot of people you know think that the dream of Martin Luther King was fulfilled when President Obama became President of America. Mm. But personally, I don't think um, that is what, because it's obvious, that's not what Martin Luther King was talking about, mm-hmm. right? What he was talking about, it, there will be a time where people will no longer be judged by the color of their skin, but by the strength of their character. Mm-hmm. Obama becoming president hasn't changed that. So it's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. If I under Obama, I think more blacks were killed. More, I mean, you know, you know, after that speech, there was a landmark kind of um, program in America. You know, the desegregation law, where you know schools are no longer, you know, only for white or black and all those kind of things. But a lot of people, the consensus is that Obama becoming president was the fulfillment of that dream. But it's very obvious that even today. You know, in America, in Europe, all over the world, even in Africa, you know, where we have the same color of skin, people are still being judged, right, by... Because I believe the speech that Martin Luther King gave is kind of global. It's not really limited. We can't limit it to America. It was directed at America, right? Mm -hmm. But the principle of it is global. And that's why, you know, it's of, you know, maybe it's of interest to me. So I don't think that dream has been fulfilled. If Martin Luther King could speak from the grave, 
he will be able to tell us that that's you know people are still being judged by the color of their skin rather than by the strength rather than by the strength of their character okay you said something about um obasanjo presidency you said it's just like the obama presidency it was a gift rather than a reward yeah I would like you to... You know, uh, you know the reason I said that even the Obama presidency is not the fulfillment of Martin Luther King's dream is because I said he's becoming president. I compared it to Obasanjo becoming president. Mm-hmm. Obasanjo becoming president was supposed to be... The way it was designed was, okay, 1993, there was an election that was supposed to... That was reflective of... You know, regardless of people's differences in terms of tribe, in terms of religion, we can actually have a bit of a, maybe like, you know, unity in diversity. And that election was scuttled. So Obasanjo becoming president, number one, you know that Obasanjo came out of jail, there was no political base. So his becoming president was not based on any kind of a credible, you know, campaign or that he had a plan. So it was like, let us, the powers that be, let's use this, let's allow Obasanjo become president so that those, the Southwesterners who, who, who felt aggrieved by the annulment of that election because the election was won by a Southerner. So Obasanjo's presidency was just kind of used to appease, right? So that's not a function or a product or a result of any kind of a strategic plan. So the same way, Obama too, to me, was like, okay, let's allow the blacks have it for once. And then, so I don't call it a gift, I call it a Greek gift. (laughs) You know, maybe I didn't use that term in that, but I remember I was interacting with a colleague of mine who commented on it. I said, it's not just a gift, because she believes that it it was the fulfillment of that dream. But I said, no. This is not just a gift, it's a Greek gift. It's just to distract you. Mm. You you cut you know, maybe you sort of feel you have achieved something. Because the Obasanjo presidency was supposed to redress the injustice of June twelfth. Right? But it hasn't united us. Mm. We're as divided as ever. You know? If not worse. If not worse. Exactly. So that that's what I you know, mean by that, because if you're going to have any kind of, because Obama didn't leave any kind of legacy of, you know, celebrating diversity. Mm. Obasanjo didn't leave any kind of legacy of religious, you know, tolerance or maybe unity or diversity not being a problem. You know, what I will always say when I think of this is, because what attracted me to that, you know, that article was the place of history. You know the place of history, and when he mentioned that you can't understand racism without understanding the whole idea of slave trade, that was what actually led me to that because that's what's happening in the whole world. You know, so it's um it, it's it's the legacy of these moves. That's why I judged it that Obasanjo was supposed to be used to say, okay, we can be united. So. If a presidency is to say sorry, then it's not it's not going to leave any kind of legacy, right? It's not going to leave any kind of legacy. So that that's that's why that's what drum. I mean, this you know, it's an article I've read over and over, and that's why I said that I reread it. 
and it sort of threw light on what is actually happening in the world today with all the noise about Black Lives Matter, with all the noise about, you know, religious tolerance, on, you know. Okay, um, you know, growing up, we've, we've, we've heard so much about slave trade, mm-hmm. you know, the buying and selling of slaves, and most of the slaves were blacks. And in your write-up, you, you said something about um, most of the stories focusing more of the evil being perpetrated, you know, than mentioning those who are involved in, you know, the selling. So I want to know, we've been hearing of the buying and the selling. So who sells the um, slaves to who? <laughs> Good question. Because this is really where, you know, because the the main gist of this, my, you know, my write-up is that if we don't take responsibilities, you know, for whatever is happening to us, we will never be able to solve the problem. Now, what comes to mind when we hear slave trade, right? It's blacks being taken to Europe to serve in sugarcane plantations. Yeah, that's what we hear. But if it's a trade, and that's why I ask those questions, if it's a trade, that means it's a buying and selling. Over the years, we have actually focused on the activity of the buyer. There's no way I can get oranges to buy if somebody is not displaying the wares. I mean, displaying oranges. So if I took orange, there is a transaction that took place. Somebody is willing to sell and I'm willing to buy. Right? So, you know, over the years, when Africans talk about slave trade, they blame the buyer. Right? But if you look at it, because what, what, especially, you know, in this program, we want to focus on emerging leaders. What we need to understand is that these buyers, really, historically speaking, they didn't even come. They didn't leave the coast. Right? Okay. They just send their orders, so to say. And it is the monarchs, it is some well-placed individuals that actually gather their own, right? And take them to go and meet these Westerners on the coast and they get shipped away. So, it's not the fault of the buyer. It's bad enough to say you want to buy a human being. I personally think, if I have the desire to buy a human being, and I approach you, I want to buy your, you know, your child so that I can make your child a slave. That's just an expression of interest. That's just an offer. If you don't approve, there will be no transaction. So for me personally, the person that gets the bulk of the blame is the one that sells his own. Yeah, is the one that sells his own. So that, that, that's the way I look at it. We need to change that story you know re you know have another look at that history when you talk about slave trade because you, your mind goes to chains it goes to the evil of those who walk them away treat them as properties you see hitler can bring up any kind of idea that westerners are superior maybe like you know africans are animals he has every right to say whatever you can call me an animal. Right? You can call me an animal. That's your opinion. Right? But the day I believe I'm an animal because you said so, then there is a transaction. So we we have 
over focused on what was done to us not what we allowed to be done to us right that that's the real issue so when we talk about slavery that's my point when we talk about slavery let us tell the whole story we sold our own that's why i ended that that particular you know uh, um, you know that right up with that line african freedom was never stolen we gave it away but because freedom is not a tangible it's not a physical product right it's not something you are going to go there and go and collect you can remind yourself right you can remind yourself if i wanted to go into bob Marley's song emancipate yourself from mental slavery you see we are the only one that can free ourselves yeah, yeah. um dr Reggie was saying something about uh our freedom like we gave up our freedom it yeah. wasn't taken away from us yeah. but sir i still believe that it was taken away from us because the slaves didn't really you know it wasn't like they willingly gave it themselves for slavery mm -hmm. they were sold by a fellow black man mm -hmm. but yet again it wasn't something they consented to yeah i mean it's um, you know we're talking here about something that shouldn't have been human beings being sold there's no way the human can be, you know, you know, you, you can't tell me you want to sell me and I agree. But as a way they was, you know, subdued. I was at the, you know, the, the, um, the slave, you know, kind of museum in, you know, in Badagri. Mm -hmm. I don't think, Joanne, you can lift the chain because of the weight. You can't lift it what they used to put in their necks and put in their hands and to you know to put in their feet those shackles you can't lift it yeah it's that heavy so it it, it goes beyond just the talk you know and then even the force with which they do this thing the way they were subjugated and stories had it that when they are on that ship they are treated like commodities if they're sick they just throw them in the water they just discard them. You know, so it, it was something that was worked. And up till this moment, I was listening to, you know, to a white man who went to South Africa. And he said he went to a hotel to check in. The, the guy at the counter greeted him and said, hello, master. Hmm. Right? And he said, no, why are you calling me master? I am not your master. So that thing has been, you know, sort of, we have been reoriented, you know, we have been oriented to believe that the white man is superior. Yeah. We, we conceded it to them. They didn't take it from us. Right? They, they didn't take it from us. So, the, the, the slaves didn't have a choice. Because if you look at the room, you see, a human being can be actually be made to believe something else about himself. That's why I use the word mental slavery that I, you know, quoting Bob Mali. Is mental slavery first before you willingly. Right? And today you still see that that slavery is still there. You see somebody, you know, who migrated from here, you know, to, to America. And we say, you know, the one born in America will say, no, you are not, you know, you are not, you are an African-American. I am a black American. That's still slavery. <laughs> it's still slavery. It's still trying to create a kind of a distinction between them. So we, it's, um, they didn't go willingly, but the fact remains that reality right no one can actually take your freedom from you 
except you give it. That's why it's possible to be in prison physically and be free in your mind. Mm. And you can be outside walking, no lockdown, freedom of movement and everything, and you are enslaved mentally. Today is more of the mental slavery. And the reason that we're, we're talking about the history is that that history has played a part in enslaving us mentally because we have not taken responsibility. We're asking the West to apologize to us. We should first of all blame ourselves. We don't need their apology. Right? We don't need their apology. We need to blame ourselves, right, for betraying ourselves. And that's why it's still happening here. Right? It's still happening here. That's why when this whole thing about I can't breathe came out, I said that, that parent there who just told the daughter, you can't marry that Yoruba man because you are Igbo. There's someone saying, I can't breathe. Because it's happening here. The, the problem is here. The solution is not abroad. It's also here. Okay, so, sir, before we narrow it back home, I want you, because you mentioned something about um, you talking to someone and the person was surprised you know how to use Zoom yeah. and all. Mm -hmm. So how do we control, you said something about controlling our response. Absolutely. How do we control our response to the perception the world has about us? Because see, it's not easy at all. It's easy. For most people. It's easy because it's difficult because of what you have been made to believe. We, we... You know, someone tells you, Joanne, you are pretty. That's when you believe you are pretty. Right? Mm -hmm. You dress up from home, you feel cool with yourself, and somebody came and said, what's that? And then you just forgot, you know, who you saw. So that's the problem. Right? This guy was surprised that I could use Zoom. <laughs> right? Because he doesn't believe that any African can you know, be able to work that kind of technology. Because that's his belief. But you see, I know I know how to do it. So, and knowing how to do it for me is normal. Right? I've been using Zoom for how many years? So, it's, it's not what it's going to say about me. Right? Will not change what I feel about myself. But you see, society has shaped us in such a way that if we believe something is good, we... we Personally, we don't believe it's good until someone else says it's good. That's what we need to change. Human beings left to chance, we want to copy. That's why we value what we don't have more than what we have. That's a whole lot of education on its own that needs to be done, especially for Africans. We feel you see someone speaking with a British accent, you begin to have a high opinion of the person. Right? And you don't have a high opinion of someone, a young boy who can speak his dialect. It's you know, you know, it's a mental sickness that we need to overcome. We need and those things made us that way because of words, because of opinions. And we're going to use words and opinions to change it. It's mental slavery. So I can't control what you say about me. I can control how I process what you say about me. Because it's your point of view. You have a right to say whatever you want to say about me. But that will not change how I feel about myself. Now, if you say something about me and I can learn from it, I learn from it. Right? So I see much of the racism, the tribalism has been, you know, 
out of reactions. You know, there's a story about I've forgotten the name the man the name of the man from the southern part of Nigeria who had a conversation with Tafa Balewa and said that that sir Tafa Balewa was the prime minister sir we need to forget our differences. Tafa Balewa corrected him and said no we need to understand our differences. We can't forget our differences. I can't forget I'm male that you are female. We can't forget that. What we need to do is what? Understand it. It's when we understand it that I can know the perspective from which you are speaking and I can meet you, you know. That's where can, because the whole, the, the title of that piece is Celebrating Ethnic Diversity. You know, even, you know, common English phrase. There is, you know, you know variety is the spice of life. We all can be the same. The white man might never be able to understand the black man. The black man never ever understand the white man. But let the black man seek to understand the white man. And the white man also seek to understand the black man. That's it. Um, you know, except for today, uh, and then the write-up, and then other materials. We have a whole lot of materials that talk about our history and mm. all. Um, but, you know, growing up in school, we were never really taught this yeah we kept singing um, on the 1st October 1960 mm. Nigeria got her independence yeah. and then we get to wonder when we were growing up we started asking ourselves questions like independence from what exactly okay mm -hmm. you know in history and government when we we're in school we taught about the Nigerian constitutions or one terracotta head and something we were not really really taught yeah. you know this and now we're contending with these issues um, how can we tell you know, the younger ones and ourselves, how can we learn about these things? Because we were not taught and we're contending with these issues and we're meant to just take it. You know, when you tell your child, see, um, this is how life is. So just take it as it is. Mm -hmm. We're not told what happened yeah. and why we've gotten to this point yeah. and why we need to change. So how can we inculcate this into our school system, our educational system, so that the young ones who are coming up will really know if we are fighting, we know exactly what we are fighting. This is a very good question because it's coming up at a time when I'm beginning to sense that we can, we can actually begin to... T because, you know, our problem is, and it's a human problem, once you can find an excuse for your not too good a situation that you find yourself, you will never be able to change it. Because we can easily say, okay, one of the problems we have is that history was not taught in school. It might become the reason, the excuse, why we can't be who we are supposed to be. So, fact, history was not taught in school, right? What we need now is somebody needs to pick it up somewhere. It might not be, you know, I mean, if you're a school proprietor, if you're a parent or whatever, you must understand the, you know, the, the, the importance. Just like a parent would love to take the kids to their village. That's part of history. Oh. Yeah, that's part of history. But in taking your kid back to the village, there must be some learning going on. So we must never allow this lack of history being taught to become another excuse for us not becoming the kind of nation that we should be. Why am I saying that? History might not have been taught in school, but there are tons and tons of resources 
all the data we are using for all this WhatsApp and all those kind of things. That I mean, there was somebody who was speaking with me before I come in, you know, be, you know, before coming on set that he wants to be a music producer. I said, where do you start from? What does it mean to produce music? He was looking at me. I said, okay, what do you need? He said, I need tools. I said, you, you know the tool you need? First of all, go on YouTube. Google music production, right? And go and read about it. In the same way, there are loads of, you know, historical documents online, right? Historical documents online that you can go read about. I can, I mean, you know, if we have the time, we can have a whole program that we can give, you know, young people timeline. Somebody should be able to study what led to the civil war. Right. What led to the civil war. If you want to know what led to the civil war, I can give you a point of takeoff. There was something, there was a particular event called the Aburi Conference in Ghana. Right. Go and read about it for you to understand the civil war. Right? Because if you don't know what happened in Aburi, you might not know what led to the civil war. Right? Because all you just hear is that Igbos were being killed in the north. Right? And then they were going down south and all those kind of things. You just, you know, you know, bits and pieces. So, this question is very critical. But I don't want the situation where we get to a point. The reason we are where we are is that because history was removed from school. History might have been removed from school. We have social media. Rather than posting all the other things that they were doing, can't someone, can one person, all these OAPs, right, make it your lifetime ambition, make it your lifetime dream, right, that you want to teach the next generation the history of Nigeria. You'll be amazed. There are videos. That was the time I actually recommended a book on this program. You know, Oil, Politics, and Violence. You know, it talks... But that's just a piece of the history. There are tons of resources online. Somebody needs to make it. You are going to school. You can make it your own kind of project. Maybe you study political science, sociology, all, all those kind of things. My project is I want to trace the history of Nigeria. So don't let us wait until we are being taught in school. I'm a school proprietor. We are making plans to introduce history. It's not, it's not going to be a, something that are going to you know, learn to write an exam, but we must understand the history of Nigeria. Take it further, understand the history of West Africa, understand the history of Africa, place it within a global context. If we don't do that, we just have bits and pieces. Because, you know, where, where we have problem with history learning again is that there are many perspectives. It, 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 you know, there's something I said about this article that what, the reason I love John Stott is because he's always very honest about his bias and he wants to learn. John Stott is a white man, right? But he writes in a very, very objective way. He will tell you that buying a slave is bad, but I want to tell you as a, you know, as an African, selling a slave is equally, if not, you know, worse than buying. So history, somebody must pick up that gauntlet and say, this is what I really want to do. If we have seen it as a problem, it doesn't have to be something we write for Waik. Okay. So much to take in. Skiffy had a question. Yeah, it was a tag question to the one um, 
I asked before the okay. break. I said, so um, when we go back to history, where do we start from? What questions, you know, or what issues should we address? Yeah, you know, when you look at history, you, you want to... History is a study of origins, mm -hmm. right? Origins. And the word origin is where you get, you know, original, you know? So it's... Um, <laughs> it's <laughs> you know it's it's like if you don't know your history you will struggle with identity because you will not be original you will lack authenticity so when you say you want to study the history of Nigeria how did we come about most times we learn we start studying our history from the name Nigeria is further back right Nigeria has been existing so that you can use that to understand you know you know like that saying I don't know who actually made this you know that statement originally that if you don't learn from history you repeat it mm -hmm. you say you are doomed to repeating it and he's talking about the negative things that happen today is because we didn't learn from history mm -hmm. so history sometimes is like a diagnosis so that you can know what what you know what curative measures that you can put in place so how did we come about if the moment you understand that you discover that the problem we're having today is that we are no longer living in a way that reflects who we were originally that's why i said once on this program that it's impossible to be a patriotic nigerian why it's impossible to fall in love for a man to fall in love with a girl that doesn't exist. Nigeria does not exist. Right? There's nothing called Nigeria. That's why there are no Nigerians in Nigeria. The reason we're still excited about this, this, ima this imaginary nation is because we don't learn from history. Right? Pre-1914, there was no Nigeria. If you look at maybe the 1960-65 kind of constitution or the structure, you know, all the regions in Nigeria had foreign offices abroad. They were operating like autonomous nations, right? Meanwhile, they were in Nigeria. So there's something buried in our history, right, that we need to unearth so that we can use that to inform. Because... If our structure is not reflective of who we originally are, we're deceiving ourselves. Right? That's why that 1914 is where, you know, things turned. Where there was an amalgamation. And that's what it is. It's an amalgam. It's some, you know, I'm just trying to bring two opposing things together. That doesn't mean we should be enemies. America is the United States of America. The states are autonomous. All right. Thank you, sir. We've come to the end of the program for today. We'll see you next week for another exciting episode. Thanks for listening. Thinking of way to go to? Be on board with Patrice Radio. Hey, hey.